everybody, it's Jimmy Smith on today's Unlocking the Cage podcast. Eve Edwards helps me preview UFC 270. Also, betting tips from Gabe Morenci from Sports Grid Radio. Where to bet, what to parlay on this weekend's fights and in the NFL. Eve Edwards, the Thug Jitsu master. How you doing, my man? What's up, Jimmy? Oh, man, I, I, I was feeling my intro music even more this time. Because guess what? Your boy's back in Houston. Oh, love it. How you doing, man? I am good, my friend. I'm glad to be back. I've only been, I haven't been here for a full week yet, but it's good to be home, you know? Yeah, I bet, man. I bet. So uh, when you look at this Francis Ngannou, Cyril Gan, one thing I want to ask, uh, ask you about is – one thing that's constantly been making the round since it came out, of course, this sparring footage, Cyril Gan, uh doing well against Francis Ngannou. Like, like, you and I are of a similar age, from a similar era. You didn't talk about sparring even within your own team. You tried not to talk about it very much. You certainly didn't talk about it outside of training, and you never revealed footage <laughs> of it. Is that just gone? Are we just dinosaurs, man? What's up with us? I think so, man. I think I like this whole new world is just kind of weird to me, you know. Now I don't want to be that crotchety old man who's like, "You kids, you don't kids know these days, about. right?" <laughs> right. But but it's it's weird. It's weird to me that like this fight foot, this um sparring footage is out there, um, and this is not something you it, like. I'm, we're from that school, you know. This is not something you talk about. This is not something you put out into the world. Um, you just you just go out there and compete and, and, and let what happens happens. But, like, I don't know, man. There seems to be some kind of – it's weird because, like, they're still cordial, but there still seems some animosity there. And it's like, I, I don't I – don't, how is that going to play out? Is this, like – is this a common thing? Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? I don't know. This is nuts. It's the difficult, right, about, about – uh, w- when you look at Francis Ngannou, his whole career, arguably, is on the line. His entire future in mixed martial arts and combat sports is kind of on the line this Saturday. That could be pressure that's a negative force. It can be motivation for him to be at his best. You don't know until the fight starts. But but dude, it's a good thing or a bad thing that all of this is on his shoulders right now, off the top of your head. Off the top of my head, yeah. I'm going to say I don't, I don't think it's a big deal to him. I mean, we're talking about a man who, who freaking crossed the desert across the Sahara Desert, you know, um, and all the things he did to get to France and get off of the continent of Africa to, to get to these, these opportunities that he has now. Um, I, don't th- I don't think pressure is a thing for him. I think, like, he's, he's the kind of guy who rises to the pressure. But um, skill set, I think that's going to be the most important thing going into this fight. And I think he's got a strong skill set. But I think Gone is is more well rounded, just has more skills in the bag. Um, but that doesn't mean that he's going to be the guy who's gonna get the W, man. Um and Gano has that has that, that power that which is a great equalizer. And um he's athletic and he's skilled in all areas also. I think um Gan is just a little more technical, especially in the grappling areas, but I don't know if he could take the big guy down. Um it, it's this fight is exciting, man. This is this is potentially the best heavyweight fight the UFC has to offer. And the only thing I can, can imagine being as exciting is, is really either one of these guys versus John Jones, if John Jones could bring the same skills to the heavyweight division. 
Do you see this? And of course, I'm speaking to Eve Edwards, uh, the Thug Jitsu Master, uh, breaks down the pay per views for me. Uh, do you see this, like a lot of people do, as kind of this generational divide that Cyril Gaon somehow represents a new breed of heavyweight that is more technical, that is quicker, that is more accurate, that gets away from the heavy hitters like Francis Ngannou? Do you see this as kind of this generational gap between him and Francis Ngannou? Man, that's um, probably the best way I've heard that explained. Because that's what I do, dude. That's what I, that's what I see when I see Gon, you know. Um, I see a guy who moves like like a lightweight. I see like a lightweight, like a like a welterweight. He he he's he's got tech. He's got skills within his technique. He's he's very finesse for heavyweight. You don't get a lot of finesse out of the heavyweights. Um, I think Stipe Miocic was one of those guys who was who brought a little finesse to the game, but he was a smaller heavyweight. Um, I think um, Kane Velasquez was one of those guys who brought a lot more dynamic to the heavyweight division, except other than power. But um, I think Gon is is the smoothest of all the heavyweights that we've seen in a long time, and and that is a new breed in that weight class. Um, but whoo. Man, like I said, the power that Ngannou has, um, the only guy to kind of kind of put any kind of fear or or keep him at bay has been Derek Lewis. But Derek Lewis has that same kind of power, and both of those guys didn't really end up trading. Um, but but I don't know, man. Gone, gone may be too slick. I'm like I've been, I've been that guy before. You know, I've been in there with power punchers and and being able to avoid that. And I do think. And Ghanu throws some wild stuff, and I think Ghan is crisp and smooth. And like, yeah, we saw the sparring footage, and and we hear that, you know, Ghan got got dropped or knocked out with a high kick in sparring. But like, sparring is completely different from a fight, man. That's why we don't talk about it. Uh, speaking to Eve Edwards, the Thug Jitsu Master, about this weekend's fight, Cyril Ghan versus Francis Ngannou. Is there something uh, to be said for Cyril Ghan having felt the power of Francis Ngannou before? where they've sparred together. So there's like this mythical power. Oh, man, this guy can do anything. And as soon as he hits you, you go down and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, he has the hardest recorded punching power, the history of the PI and all this stuff. But Gon's felt it before. So that that idea of being shook by somebody's power, do you think it's an advantage that Gon's been hit by Ngannou before in sparring? It's definitely a positive for Gon. Um, He's going to go in there and know what he's walking into. You know, there's, there's... Getting cracked is not going to be a surprise to him. He knows now that he has to roll or he has to get out of the way and not take the brunt of those shots. Um, of course, again, in sparring, he's not taking the full force of all the blows. We hear this, we heard the story about the head kick knockout and um, kind of ran into that one. That's always a possibility. But I think, yeah, knowing what exactly what the power is like on the other side – or at the very least, having been in there and sparring it and having a realistic idea of what it's like, um, that changes everything. And I think, um, you know, with the skill set that he has, that makes him a big threat. Um, man, this fight is one of those crazy ones. And honestly, like when, when it comes down to I, well, you may ask me that later, so I'm not going to say anything. But like this, this is this is the. This heavyweight fight, man, right now we're living in, in the mixed martial arts time of Ali Foreman, Ali Frazier. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it seems like to me, that these are the two best of their era. Now, 
Uh, branching out a little bit and getting to the co-main event, Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno. It's weird because we have a trilogy, but it's not one and one. First one was a draw. Second one was a convincing win by Brandon Moreno. Now we're seeing Davison Figueredo being a lot more aggressive when it comes to the trash talk and the press conference, and I'm going to take this guy's head off and give it to my coach. Do you see this as... Uh, a new look from Davison Figueredo, or do you see it as maybe a desperation move? What's your take on it, man? Uh, literally, when you were giving me the second option, my my <laughs> brain went straight to desperation. Um, and I, I think I think that's what it is, man. I think um, he's hoping. I think you know he's hoping that the first fight was more of what he can bring to this fight and um, he can land his power shots and, and, and be dominant like he was for a few of those rounds. But, man, I got to be honest. I I think his number's been pulled, you know? I think the baby assassin is, is just at that level now. Um, going in there and, be, you know, losing, having gained the lost point and getting that, that fight to the draw the first time around, um, and then going in the second time, I think he figured a lot of things out. And now his confidence is through the roof, man. You heard him say it like a couple of years ago. It's maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next month, but I will be champion. That And that guy that guy made that, that a prophecy. You know, um, the baby assassin is a dangerous man, man. I know he's been back at the gym. I know he's been improving. And I think he's going to be the bar. I think he's going to be the guy that, Everybody has to to, to 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 raise their level to, and I think Davison Figueroa is gonna is one of those guys who's gonna not fall by the wayside, but he's he got surpassed by by this young man, and I think Moreno is just Moreno is gonna hold on to that belt come Sunday morning. Uh, when, when you look at the 125-pound division, it had Demetrius Johnson, one of the greatest of all time. It had Henry Cejudo, one of the greatest of all time. And now it looked like Davison Figueredo was going to be that guy. And then Brandon Moreno able to get the win last time out. Um, do you think it's better for the 125-pound division to have that one dominant champion or to have some parity across the board? Cause it seems like this division's always in danger of, of going away. Do you think it's better to have the dominant champ or the parity? to you man um with the 125ers i think the parody would be much more entertaining for the fans a lot of people you know 125 pounds is very small not a lot of us walk around at that weight and and guys think that 125 pounders don't have power not that dangerous but when you see this belt changing hands um and, and and with finishes especially because mm. these guys are super fast. You see the belt changing hands with finishes. I think that that kind of brings more attention rather than one guy just dominating, shutting everybody else down. Um, and, and it's weird because I really believe that's simply because of the weight class. Um, I think one guy being dominant at 125 because I understand the fight game, I, I think that does not dilute the weight class or say that the weight, the weight is not strong. But I think for the for the casual fan, I think seeing the belt change, seeing the belt change hands, and seeing guys finish guys, I think that would just make the division more exciting, and um, we get to the point where where they gain their respect. But right now, I just don't think everybody in the world has respect for guys that are 125 pounds, which blows my mind because these 125 pounders will will will, will crush any regular human being that's 200 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, talking, of course, to Eve Edwards, old school OG of MMA, uh, the Thug Jitsu Master. I got a question for you. There's a fighter, Jack Della Maddalena, who's fighting on the prelims. He's t- he's ten and two. His opponent, Pete Rodriguez, is four and zero, oh, four knockouts. Uh, this is something that we didn't see a whole lot in our day. It was almost like to get into the UFC, you had to have quite a few fights. I would say between 15 and 20 was kind of the minimum back in the day. And now with Dana White's Contender Series with obviously the the, the, the the Ultimate Fighter House and all this stuff, it seems like fighters are making their main card debut because there's a card every weekend a lot earlier in their careers. What adjustments does somebody with four pro fights have to make uh, in their UFC debut? Or is it, hey, Power got you here. Stick with it until it, it, it lets you down. What's your attitude about that? I'm curious. Man, I always say keep riding that train till the wheels fall off, you know. Um, of course, you're in the gym every day trying to improve your skills, trying trying to get better, and you want to be prepared for, for anything that someone can bring to you. But, you know, you want to be able to set up to land that power. And uh, I, I believe you just keep doing what got you to the show. Otherwise, you know, you're starting to change your game. You try to change things. You try to be somebody else, and you're not being yourself. And the hardest thing in the world is to not be yourself, but the easiest thing to do is to be you. So go out there, be you, do your thing. And, you know, if you do take an L, like, that's a, that's a lesson. That's a lesson. You go back to the gym and you figure out what happened, and you add those skills to your to your game, and you come back stronger. I mean, we see a bunch of guys do that. I could like it. Like you asked me for a name and I can list off anybody, right? I mean, not anybody, but I can list off a, t- a bunch of names right off the bat. Um, shoot, we could talk about Moreno. We could talk about Dustin Poirier. You know, we could talk about a guy who hasn't had a loss in the UFC yet, but he's, he's shown improvement every time. That's Kamara Usman. Um, so I say, you know, but all these guys still do what they've done. Israel Adesanya. They bring their strengths. Uh, Khabib, he brought his strengths. Nothing. He didn't do the things that that didn't get him there. He kept doing the things that got him there. Stayed undefeated doing that. So I say, don't change. Don't change your game. Just improve it. Uh, so the tough questions is what I ask, man. I give you a thousand dollars, cash money. Who are you betting on in the heavyweight? Uh, uh, the heavyweight oh, main event this weekend. Man, My money, this, this, house money, bro. Oh man, I. I'm putting it on Ngannou. I, I want to see him hold on to that belt. Um, I real, but like I, I'm so not sure about it. Like, I, and I, it's not that I'm like I think I think Gon's gonna win. I don't think Gon's gonna win. But I don't think he got. I don't know who's going to win this fight. This heavyweight fight has me more excited than any heavyweight title fight that that that's been on shoot the past four or five years. I can't think of the last heavyweight title fight that I was like, I truly have no idea. Um, yeah, I've been shocked a few times, but it was like, Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that sucks. But like this one, I, I'm going to be hurt either way. And I'm going to be excited either way. But if you're giving me money to put down, man, I got to go with Ngannou and his power. And, and I love that guy. You, you know, also too, one of the difficulties I have picking this, I'm going to have to do it at the end of the show is make my picks. And Ganu's such a likable guy with such a great story, right? As you said, you He's want so him awesome. to win. You want him to have success. Am I wrong? Uh, you are absolutely 100% right. 
um, you want him to have that success. You want to see him continue to do the things that he's doing and, and have the platform that he has, man. And um, like he's doing great things with it. And I'm so happy for him. And um, yeah, like I said, he's the nicest guy. I remember I was at Stream Couture one time. I shoot a single on him, and I'm trying to take him down. I was a lightweight. I wasn't like a little guy, but I was a lightweight. I'm still like nearly 200 pounds now. And the guy's looking at me like, like he treats me like a child, like I treat my my two year old. Like he's trying to take me down, you know. So like I don't know. And he's the nicest guy about it. He does it, you know. He's not pounding me, beating me up. But um, you know, he's just toying with me and playing with me. He's just a really good guy, man. Always have a good time when I see him. Always puts a smile on my face, and he always has one on his. Um, really, really likable guy. I know there's a little bit of beef between these two, and um, that kind of sucks because I don't know Gon at all. Um, seems like a very good guy also. But, man, Francis, I, I love Francis, and I want to see him hold on to that belt. Uh, you know, I appreciate you, Eves. It's great talking with you before every single pay-per-view. You are the man. I know you're in Houston. You're going to be watching. We'll catch up next week. You tell me what you think about it, bud, but I appreciate you, man, every time. Every time, Jimmy. You be good. Stay awesome, and I will see you soon. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel 156. From Sports Grid Radio, uh, Gabe Morenci, uh, to not just help us out with some odds and some bets, but also to uh, break down two different sports. We have UFC this weekend and NFL playoff football. How you doing, my man? Hey, it's always a pleasure, guys. Football and fighting, my two favorite sports. That right? On. Let's get it. Right? All right, so... Uh, before we even get into any specifics, I had Phil Murphy, good friend of mine from ESPN, on before the playoffs kicked off. And I said, the exciting thing about this season, it seems like it's been throw every team in a bag, shake them up, and pull out a name, and that's who could win. You never know any given week. What has it been like uh, trying to make money gambling throughout this season with the upsets? And uh, What's it been like, man? You know what? This year has been unique, Jimmy, compared to past years. And I'll tell you what, this playoffs, it's almost like I'll, I'll use a, an MMA tie. It's like an old-school pride, like, tournament, um, you know, day here. Like, you know, we, every team that is left standing is a good team. You know, you got flashy, you know, knockout artists. you got ground-and-pound uh, football teams like the Tennessee Titans. And I'll tell you one thing, it's a lot of MMA and football, sports in general, betting, there's a lot of correlations. Now, not everything is exact, obviously, but, you know, in the old days, remember, it used to be a big deal. Oh, no, you're going to Brazil. you got to fight a Brazilian. Man, it used to win like 80% of the time, 85% of the time. Now it doesn't right. mean anything. You'll notice no one ever really brings up where the fight is anymore. used to actually matter. Same thing in football. Home field advantage doesn't really mean anything. But similar to MMA, and I'll never forget, remember when Brock Lesnar fought uh, Shane Carwin? Yep. And he said, that's why there's Division One and Division Two. You know what I mean? For guys like him, right? Division two. And there are different levels to this stuff. And, you know, a great example is, look, the Bengals hadn't won a playoff game in 31 years. They win the playoff game. Now they're going on the road. They haven't won a road playoff game ever in franchise history. And we all have recency bias 
with what we've seen in sports as sports betters and in society. Everyone has such a freaking short attention span now. People can't remember what happened two weeks ago, let alone like, you know, two months ago. So people always remember what they saw last, and then they buy into these teams, and then boom, they get bounced. So, uh, you know, history has repeated itself. One thing I'll tell you guys about the NFL playoffs, and this is it's actually mind-blowing, going into the wild card weekend last weekend, guys, in the, uh, on the last, so over now, the last 62 wild card games, the point spread has only mattered seven times. Wow. So think of all the time we all waste talking about point spread. Boy, I like it at four. I don't like it at six. Oh, if it was minus three, I would take it. Well, the fact is, guys, like 88% of the time, the point spread doesn't even come into play. So if you like the underdog this weekend, play them on the money line. Don't just take the points because they're going to win outright, similar to San Francisco uh, last week. And if you like the favorite, don't be scared of laying the points. You know what I mean? You can play a money line parlay if you want, but like Tennessee and Green Bay, good examples. If you think they're going to win, they're probably going to cover. As we say, we talk about the Super Bowl. It's been 55 Super Bowls, guys. Point spread's only coming to play six times. All right, in the playoffs, these games usually are not close. The, you know, the better team and the cream rises to the top and all that crap uh, in the NFL playoffs. All right, so let's stick with that theme a little bit here. Uh, when it comes to the two, I don't want to say controversies because Dallas just bungled that game away. It had nothing to do with the officials to me, but there was a bit of an official screw-up in Cincinnati. So you have the Bengals coming off a controversial touchdown, and you have San Francisco coming off a crazy ending that came down to a referee telling us the game was over. Which team rebounds better, Cincinnati Bengals at Tennessee or San Francisco at Green Bay or neither? I can't help but think the Cowboys, Jimmy, are like uh, like Dominic Cruz when he played the refs for smelling like alcohol and tobacco right. after the fight. It's like, hey, bro, you lost the fight. Who, you blame? who cares if he was trying? You know what I mean? He was it, but who cares? You still lost. So you had the blame on, you know, blaming the refs. Yeah, and Dak says, yeah, yeah, it's cool to throw crap at the refs. Yeah, that's a class act there, Dak. I'll tell you what. I like Tennessee a lot this weekend. People forget about Tennessee. I mean, I tell you, Jimmy, Tennessee are like that ground-and-pound fighter, but yeah. they've also got a stand-up game, man. They just punish you, man, like – they can throw the football. They can run the football. They have a better defense than people uh, realize. I think it's a tough task for Cincinnati uh, to go on the road here. As I stated, uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, and it's also paved with NFL teams that try to win consecutive weeks. Like San Francisco is a good example, guys. I had the Niners last week on the money line. They won the game. I thought they were going to beat Dallas. I thought Dallas were fraudulent, uh, and it turns out they were. But now uh, San Francisco go on the road again, and for you trend players out there, um, the last 15 teams to win outright as an underdog in a wild card round are one in 14 straight up the following week. Like they don't win. You just, you don't win. Like, you, you know, home field advantage actually matters. Uh, 13 and three last 16 divisional, um, divisional uh, round games in the NFL. So I don't want to contradict myself, but I'll, I will get to the chase here. I like the both favorites on Saturday, Jimmy. And then on Sunday, I'm not going to call them really upsets. The Bills are only getting a point and a half. And the Los Angeles Rams are just plus three. And I get it. Nobody's gotten rich uh, messing around with Tom Brady. But I don't I don't think the Bucks. I think it's a great matchup for the Rams. They beat them last year. They beat them this year. 
Uh, the Buccaneers are depleted uh, right now. They've got a ton of injuries. They're just not as dangerous as they have been. Brady's amazing. He's special. He's the greatest in all this. I think the Rams are a better football team uh, than they are right now. I think they're going to go in there and they're going to beat these guys outright. You can get them on the money line. You take plus three, but you get them on the money line as well. And I like the Buffalo Bills uh, to go into Kansas City as well. They also beat the Chiefs earlier this year. That game should be a track meet as well. It's going to be like, I, guys, the, the total is like 53 and a half right now. I think we're going to get to the 60. So if you're into the alternate uh, betting, you, know, you can get like a plus 250 that this game scores like 65 points. I actually do think it's going to be like an arena game and they go up and down the field on each other. So I like the favorites on Saturday. I like the underdogs on Sunday. Uh, when you look at teams like Cincinnati or San Francisco, how much does an emotional win the week before? You know, Cincinnati, you know, they hadn't won a playoff since 1991. Uh, big thing for them. But you can emotionally kind of get stuck in that moment, right, where you're not reloading teams like Green Bay that this is just another game. Uh, do you see them having advantages in situations like this? Where Cincinnati had a, a great story last week, but you get emotionally left there. How much do you think that's a factor in these games sometimes? Oh, it is. I think I think it is. It's so hard to to duplicate the intensity on a weekly basis. You you know you might think you are. It's you know it's the same thing with MMA. You always hear fighters. How is the camp? Oh, it's a great camp. Well, every fighter always has a great effing camp, and you know what? There's a lot of bad performances out there. So you don't hear teams. Oh, we had a great week in practice. Do you? Do you have the same chip on your shoulder right now as you did as a team that didn't win a playoff game in 30 years? Probably not. Right, and I actually think it's a good example. A couple of correlations for the card this weekend, but I think the roles are sort of switched this week. Like with Cincinnati, Cincinnati were a better team against the Raiders, but the Raiders were always sort of hanging around. Remember the game ended? Raiders were actually throwing the ball into the end zone, nearly tied right. the game. Um, so they were right there, but they were a day late, a dollar short. I think it'll be a similar situation here. You can be as confident as you want in something, Jimmy. Sometimes somebody else is just better at something than you are. Right? And I think uh, that's the case. I think that's the case of, like, Cincinnati. Listen, Joe Burrow's going to a Super Bowl in this kid's career. I love this kid. But Tennessee have been there and done it, man. Tannehill is a great athlete. Mike Vrabel's a Super Bowl winner that's the head coach. And Tennessee fly under the radar, Jimmy, because it's not L.A., right? It's not, you know, they don't have flashy players. They're, their star players are smash mouth running back in Derrick Henry. But people don't realize how good the Titans actually are. They're next to impossible to beat up there. They're nut jobs up there in SEC country. Like I said, I think this is – I don't think it's a route, but I think the Titans win this football game like, you know, 30 to 20 type thing. I think it goes over the number, and I'm going to be laying the points. So, transitioning to MMA, uh, of course, I'm uh... – Speaking to Gabe Morency, he's helping me out with uh, some picks, some bets. Francis Ngannou, Cyril gone in your main event. Two heavyweights, former sparring partners who both have real power. They're both comparatively versatile. Cyril gone much more versatile than Ngannou, but Ngannou can do a lot. What are your thoughts about this one, man? I was actually really surprised about not just the number, but the market reaction uh, to this. And we were just talking about recency bias. Um, I mean, has it been five years that Ngannou hasn't fought in? I mean, I'm seeing quotes about Cyril Gunn, the Muhammad Ali of the UFC. Like, are you like really Muhammad? So you be Rosenstruck and you you become Muhammad Ali? Right. I mean, right. I think we I think, I think we need to slow down a little bit. I don't say this disparagingly. I mean, the guy's a freak. He looks like he should be an NFL player, right? I mean, just imagine Jamie from where we are compared to some of the slugs that we've had, right? In, in the past oh, yeah. years, you're like, oh. You know, just the old fat guy heavyweight division. Like, we're talking athletes of, like, you know, world. we're actually getting 
getting there where it's like, right, these guys are world-class athletes for real. Like, you know what I mean? It's not just yes. lip service. You know, so athletically wise, wow. But as far as Cyril God, and I get it, he's an older man. He's been a Muay Thai. He's been in kickboxing. You can tell, Jimmy, he doesn't get rattled by the moment. He's not starstruck by America and the bright lights or anything like that. But quite frankly, when I look at his resume, and, you know, like I said, I hate to do this because I'm not disparaging any of these guys. But Tanner Poster is not a world-class fighter, right? Junior Dos Santos was a world-class fighter a long time ago. And he wasn't the same after the, you know, the Cain Velasquez uh, fights. Rosenstruck, you know, badass, tough guy, stationary target. You know, I'm hearing about, well, look how he picked apart Rosenstruck and he picked apart Derek Lewis. Those guys are, are like dead whales, man. And McGann, who's like a live great white shark, there's a big difference between picking apart Derek Lewis and picking apart uh, Naganu. Listen, you look at the two main events here, the main event and the co-main event. I'm going with both underdogs, Jimmy. If I split, fine, and I still make money. Uh, but I'm coming to this. I like Naganu. I like Naganu more than Figueredo. But, you know, you look you look at Gon, and as I stated, how you're going to out – you're not knocking him out. So, what, you're going to outpoint him for 25 minutes? Good luck with that, man. It's like jumping over the fence at the zoo and taking it's going to end well. Yeah, you might get your little selfie in. Uh, eventually, you know what? Uh, the lion's going to get your ass. And I think that's what's going to happen here. I think, you know, there's – you can't – and I don't want to be cliche and talk about Olegano's power because I think his footwork, his patience, his speed, all things are sort of underrated. I mean, people forget just how damn good my Ochik is in those fights, and he kicked the crap out of him, man. Like, this guy, he's a killer, he's a monster. And I'm laughing at the Muhammad Ali references, but, you know, Nagano does. He's like a Mike Tyson of the UFC, right, right now. If he touches you, I just think, look at that one shot, Jimmy. I just sort of think he clips him, and then, you know, his brain sort of gets rattled a bit. <laughs> and then Nagano gets him, you know, late second round uh, type of deal. But, listen, if you're taking Nagano here, just bet him to win by, you know, KO, TKO. Obviously, he's not winning. I don't think he's going to win. I don't think he's going to, the fight's going to go 25 minutes. So you get a nice little plus 145 there. But I just don't understand the number here, Jimmy. And I get it. Nugano's out of favor with the UFC and the media sort of, you know, piling on and, oh, what's, you know, about you know, the training. I don't know how you feel about the training video. That's sparring, bro. It's nothing. Nugano in 2017 is nowhere near the same fight he was now, Jimmy. That doesn't mean anything to me, that sparring crap video that people are hyping up. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I don't see this meaningful at all. So I'm very curious. You, you went right to the line. Ah, midway through round two. The over-under two and a half rounds for this one. You're taking Nganu under or over two and a half rounds. Totally correlated here, guys. And, totally cor- and you know what? We're getting some plus money. With We're getting plus money with under plus one, you know, plus 150 range with under one and a half. How the hell do we not roll the dice on this? And here's a nice little prop here. I see Nagano, Jimmy, in the second round, second round victory, plus 700. Nothing wrong with that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, you drop 50 bucks down, there's 350. You drop 100, and it's 700 bucks, guys. Second round, gone sort of. Listen, gone is patient. And I think Nugano, Nugano's patience is better than people realize. But I don't think Nugano fears gone's power, Jimmy. I think gone is just going to sort of stalk forward, not recklessly, but I think he will be able to get in close enough. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended it late in the first round. I think there's value on the under one and a half at plus money, Jimmy. You can't get in trouble, guys, betting plus money bets. We come in with the under one and a half at plus 150. We're coming in with, with Nagano to win uh, via TKO, KO at plus 150, 145 or so. All right, yeah, we're playing with fire. I guess if the fight goes a distance and gone wins, we lose our bet. But, hey, then we were wrong and we deserve to lose. 
I like Nagander to win the fight, not just because of the value, Jimmy. I think he's a better fighter. I don't care about the all well-rounded type stuff. This stuff is savage, man. And uh, the only thing I'm going to throw out here for everybody is with Nugano. And I didn't like it the first time when he fought my Osik, when he was talking about fighting Anthony Joshua. You've been around these sports for a long time, Jimmy. Anytime he's fighting, Jimmy, see in football. The Buffalo Bills are talking about playing the Titans next week, right? They're playing the Chiefs. And it's only these freaking fighters. I get it. You're pissed off. You're trying to get your name out there. But I hate when fighters are talking about other fights and other sports and other events where you've got got an opponent. Don't worry about Fury, bro. You've got to worry about God uh, right now. But I I think think McGann is mature enough. I think his camp is mature enough that that's out of his way. Last tidbit about this, though, Jimmy, and it's an interesting angle. Please. We all know Nagano wants more money. We know he wants the boss. He wants this. He wants that. If Nagano loses this fight, he's a free agent. If he if he loses this fight, he's released from his UFC contract. If he wins this fight, he owes them another fight. <laughs> right? Champions clause, they can enforce it if they want to. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And you know they will. So part of Nagano can say, well, if I lose, I'm still going to make a ton of money fighting someone else somewhere, right? Even if I lose. But think about his stock, Jimmy, and I, he's got enough pride. So I'm just stating the Gano's little situation here. I've read a lot about all his contract this. So if he loses, he's done. If he wins, there's a, there's a clause that kicks in that the UFC gets another fight out of him. So I think let's do it. I mean, let's do it. Let's win this fight, and then let's get this damn John Jones fight that we all want to see. We all want to see it, my man. Hey, enjoy the fights. Enjoy the uh, the NFL this weekend. It was a crazy weekend last weekend. I think we're going to do the same thing again. Gabe, so appreciate your time, my man. Hey, it's always a pleasure, Jamie. And just quickly on the way out, I'm rolling the dice for Figueredo. You know what? I think that uh, Nick Morales, it's life as a champion. You're in Mexico. Everybody's treating you like a king. Could catch up to him a little bit. I think Figueredo's that hungry, and I like Morales against Giles early, Jimmy. Unlocking the Cage with Jimmy Smith is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Michael Russo. The associate producer is Kelly Murphy. Sound design by Nuri Balin. Special thanks to SiriusXM's Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen. And SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. Sirius XM Podcasts.